Hello and welcome to My Rural Tribe, the podcast that celebrates all things rural and the people that live and work within it. I ask the question, what makes a farmer amongst others? I'm your host, Sean Mercer, photographer by day, podcaster by night, with a lifelong joy and passion for all things farming. I come from a family of farmers and I've worked within the industry my whole life. To me, farming is my history, it is in my blood, and I bring you this podcast to share an insight into this world that I find so inspiring. Today, I'm talking to Helen Owen, otherwise known as the Wernbach Shepherdess, who I follow on Instagram, and just wanted to find out her take on what makes a farmer, what she finds inspiring, and why Shaka Khan must be played in the lambing shed. Welcome, Helen. Hello. <laughs> nice, nice to see you. <laughs> and to you. And uh, you're sat in your kitchen in Flintshire, and I'm in my spare room in Warwickshire. So the joys of technology, which we all seem to be using at the moment. <laughs> yeah. yeah, thank goodness for <laughs> FaceTime and phones and whatever else. Yeah, so at the moment we're all on lock-in. It is um, COVID-19, so we are all having a strange time at the moment. Um, I must say I'm quite, I don't know if enjoying it is the right word, but I'm liking the slower pace of life. I don't know. Yeah, yeah definitely. I do not miss the rush for school in the mornings and then trying to fit everything in before they come home. And yeah, no, I, I'm really enjoying that. It's, yeah, it's slowed everything down really, which is nice. Yeah, yeah. So I, like we were um, just sort of saying, weren't we, about how it would be nice to have that sort of, you know, the good things to come out of this. Yes, definitely. Yeah, I think so. Time to plant veg and... <laughs> Yeah, I think like um, someone I know who's trying to get some seeds from a reputable seed company, he was 3,000th in line, so he gave up after an hour, but I uh, believe he found some from somewhere else. So yeah, everyone's going mad planting their seeds, aren't they? Which is great. Really good to see. So Helen, just tell me a bit uh, about yourself and your farming story. So where are you based? What stock have you got? Okay, so we are in Flintshire. Um not far well i can see the corridions out my window um and we have um, a small holding we've only got a couple of acres at home but we rent quite a bit of land and um, we started about 11 years ago and we got our first three sheep as lawnmowers really <laughs> um, just to keep the grass down and it grew from there um, and we're now up to, we've got about 25 pedigree ewes. We breed South Downs. Yeah. Um, and we've got, we, last autumn, we branched out uh, into about, we've got 30, I think, um, commercial sort of crossbred type. Well, we wanted to get some older ewes that knew what they were doing and could kind of teach us. And typically we came back with the opposite and got <laughs> a lot of shillings first timers. So... Lambing has been interesting. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So you're all on a learning curve then. Yes, yeah. <laughs> Excellent. So why did you choose the South Downs as a breed when you first went into your sheep? Well, it's very cringy and it's not farmer-like at all. But I won't lie, I just thought they were really cute. <laughs> <laughs> um, but uh, we quickly, um, once we, we met a fabulous lady um, called Miriam Parker, um, who was a fantastic uh, South Down breed in Shropshire, Shropshire. and um, she, yeah, so she sold us our first three, and we picked up so much from Miriam, 
And we soon realised that these sheep, um, you know, they're not just cute and woolly. They're actually, they're quite easy to handle. Yeah. Which was a real bonus for us. And, um, and but the carcass of them is just fantastic. The meat they produce is really, you know, it's beautiful. It's so tasty. Um, and then as it's gone on and we've learned more, we're now um, realising that they are just a fantastic terminal sire. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, and so we took um, some commercial ewes to the market just just after Christmas. So they were in the lamb to our South Down Tuck. And I was all, I was a bit nervous anyway. Um, but the reaction from a lot of the farmers, including the sort of the old hill boys, you know, yeah. they, were really, they were really enthusiastic about um, us using the South Down Tuck. And it does, you know, they seem to be getting back in there in the commercial sector sort of thing so that's good excellent so will you be putting the south down onto your the 30 crossbreds that you bought yeah. in yeah yeah um i mean obviously the lambs they're only well a couple of months old at the moment but we're pleased with what's what's come out so excellent so have you been doing a lot of research because you're not from that farming background are you so you're you're new to yeah. the industry and to sheep farming yeah. Um, so have you been doing lots of research? Do you go on courses or are you just relying on people like Miriam to help you? Yeah, I mean, I think, you know, um, you can't beat speaking to people and, and no. learning direct from people, can you? You know, word of mouth. Um, and we're lucky that we've got quite a lot of uh, friends locally <clears throat> and neighbours that, you know, have been in farming since since it began. <laughs> <laughs> you know, yeah. and they're great. But also, you know, we're so lucky in Wales we have Farming Connect. Oh yes, fantastic um, organisation. Which is just brilliant. So, uh, you know, I've been on quite a few courses with them. Um, and yeah, the, the information, I was actually supposed to go on a lambing course. Yeah. But that obviously that got cancelled um, because of the corona situation. Um, but yeah, it's, it's so just picking up bits and pieces, um, really. Um, but I think also just getting stuck in and having a go. Yeah, yeah. No, I think that's like one of the key ways, isn't it? Is yeah, like you say, just get stuck in and have a go. And mm. if you think, oh shit, then you pick up the phone, isn't it? And get on the phone to the neighbour and help. Definitely, yeah. That happens quite frequently. <laughs> and the thing is, people are willing to help, aren't they? Yeah, they really are. I think um, to begin with, um, both me and my husband were a bit sort of apprehensive asking for help, you know, and. And you, you know, you think, oh, I don't want to come across as this sort of silly person who doesn't know what they're doing. Um, but actually, most people that you ask, they like to help mm. and you know, like to pass on their knowledge. And um, especially, I think, because there's a lot of um, sort of older farmers who perhaps don't have children of their own. They don't have that, you know, to pass on to anyone. So, you know, to be able to hand that to someone is, is really nice. So, yeah, pick up lots of tips like feeding poorly sheep up bits of ivy that, oh yeah yeah that's one, one of our good friends so yeah there's always some information yeah oh no that's really great so have you always lived in the area have you always been in flintshire yeah i don't leave far <laughs> <laughs> we, we've had i think this is our fourth or fifth house yeah but all within the space of probably three miles <laughs> no but, need to get the passport then to cross the border no, no, no. My uh, my parents actually lived abroad when I was younger, and I went to boarding school. So, um, 
so and I did quite a lot of traveling with them so I think I got that out my system when I was quite yeah. young and I'm a, very much a home bird now yeah oh excellent why did you want to become a farmer what inspired you to be a farmer I think um it probably sounds again a bit cringy but I do kind of think that it's almost a bit like a crawling it's just something that is either in you or I don't know it's just something I I, ha I sort of had to do really um I've always been interested in farming and I can remember you know speaking to teachers in primary school and high school mm. saying you know I'd love to be a farmer um, in an all-girls boarding school that didn't go down very well <laughs> no I can imagine not and, opportunity with a bit of land and our first sheep um, and I think the first time we land that was it there was no going back really. game over and just yeah just seeing that you know the the miracle of life yeah. as it is um, and I think just working with the seasons and um seeing what that brings you know um yeah and there's just so much to it you know with farming it's there's so many different areas and different things to learn you know it's um so yeah i think it is just something that's kind of in you really i like to think i've always been a country girl yeah um, and yeah once i got the farming bug that was it really yeah so, so you sort of said you know like you had that from primary school was that because you were, did you grow up in the countryside or did you have friends in the, you know, farming yeah. or? Yeah, I mean, you know, it's a rural um, round here and, um, and there's a lot of farming um, and we were lucky to have um, close friends who uh, are very close friends actually when I was little, I had a, a, a big dairy farm yeah. um, and I can still remember going and seeing a calf being born and, you know, again, these lovely experiences just kind of kept building. Um, and yeah, so I suppose I have just, I've always been around it um, and just, you know, wanted to do more and more, really. That's, yeah, I think, like, certainly if you have that experience, say, of getting to go to a farm as a child or being involved and in certainly seeing a calf being born or a lamb being born, it's such a magical experience, isn't it? If, um, um, and then it's, like you say, it just builds on that, doesn't it? And wanting to see more and be involved more. And yeah, it's just, uh, it leaves quite an impression on you, I think. And, well, if it does leave an impression on you, then yeah. that's you need to go. <laughs> you the other way, then that's yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I was going to say, because like, for me, it always left that impression and, you know, no, no um, nowhere happier than being on the farm. And yet uh, I used to do some teaching and uh, some of the kids, they had to do a farming module and I'd, you know drag them down to the farm kicking and screaming and they'd be like oh it smells and oh it's this and I'd be like oh goodness by the end of the year they would you know they were better and they quite enjoyed it but those first six weeks were always yeah. they weren't naturals but we got there in the end to get some yeah. um, some time on the farm anyway uh, you mentioned the seasons and working with nature um, what do the seasons mean to you and what do they bring to you Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think, um, again, linking it in with farming, uh, we really, um, at every season, there's something to look forward to. Um, so, you know, I, I, it sounds really sad, but in September, I get so excited about the tuck going in with the ewes. And, you know, I say that to some of my friends, and they're like, what about, you know, 
with my um, cheap sex life. But, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, I think, you know, and then over the winter, I love nothing more than kind of, you know, making sure everything's fed and bedded mm. down. Um, and obviously, you know, well, we sort of, we lamb sort of end of January, February, but, oh. you know, it's headed towards spring and there's just nothing nicer, is there? Really? No, no. I think probably my least favourite season for actually doing farm work sometimes is the summer. Oh, really? <laughs> just because sometimes if it's sweltering hot, the uh, sheep stink and, you know, the flies and... <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maggots and the joy that is fly strike. But, um, but no, I think it is just the fact that every season brings something different and there is always something to look forward to, you know, and... By the time we get those lambs off, hopefully at the end of the summer or the autumn, you're back into the cycle of the next lot, you know, being made. It is as a farmer, it's sort of, or somebody that works outside or, you know, enjoys being outside. Witnessing the seasons is very special. And yeah. um, for me, I certainly, whenever someone is, um, you know, oh, I'd love to go live somewhere like really hot all the time. I'd be like, oh, that's not me. For me, I love the UK or Britain because we have four seasons. Yes. And each yeah. one has something um, special to offer. And, you know, if it's new life or, you know, it's like the autumn leaves. Maybe, yeah. yeah. Definitely. I, and I think as well, um, you know, in it's getting a bit deep now. But, in you know, in the, li- in the lives we lead at the moment, everything is so fast paced. We can have everything when we want. You know, you can go to the supermarket and buy out of season food. But if you do work with the seasons you can't control that you know winter is coming and it's coming whether you want it or not and i quite like that you know that i can't control the weather obviously when it's flooding and it's horrendous that's a bit different but yeah you can't control that so you have to work with it and i quite like that and i think having things that we can't control sometimes it like bit like the current situation really you know we can't control that so we just have to do what we can do and work with it you know and i think that's quite good for us all no i i would actually uh, yeah totally agree with you um we can't control the seasons we can't control the weather i know we'd like to sometimes but i think it just make you just take that step back and um really appreciate what you've got and to um just to slow it down what is your favorite season um i think my favorite season probably is the autumn um i think it's well Firstly, because it tends to be the time when the money comes in. Ooh, <laughs> yes, we like that one. Exactly. Uh, yeah, hopefully we get our uh, we get the lambs away, and we either sell meat boxes. Um, we, well, that's what we've done previously, and then hopefully this year we're hoping to actually sell lambs uh, direct at the market. So that would be quite interesting. Oh, fantastic! And also, I mean, autumn is just so beautiful. I think. Um, mm, I love all the leaves changing. Yeah, the colours are just you know, and it really is amazing. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I just like and, and I like sort of the anticipation of of what uh, winter is going to throw at us. You know, quite <laughs> but it's a bit sadistic. I, suppose. I should say, yeah. <laughs> I always you know, and I like all the kind of country folk tales about you know, if there's lots of berries, it's going to be a really hard winter and. You know, trying to guess what's coming, even though none of us ever know. <laughs> no, no, we don't. But yeah, yeah, I must say, like with the berries and what have you, and those cold, crisp mornings. Yeah, uh, yeah. Lighting the first fire. <laughs> yes, definitely. 
you uh, also work away from the farm as a staff counsellor at Childline. That's right. Is there any crossover between the job you do there and the skills that you've since learnt from being a farmer? Um, I think, I think certainly being a counsellor has, um, it's, well, it, first of all, it gave me so much more empathy, I think. Um, I think I already had some, um, and I think you need that to kind of want to do counselling. But um, yeah, I think it's just given me much more empathy and I think that helps with, well, to be honest, any job really. Yeah. Uh, and I think also just being able to, you know, to kind of listen, whether that is to um, advice from other people or things you hear in the news or at the market, um, or like we've said, you know, listening to the seasons or to animals, um, you know, I don't necessarily mean <laughs> listening to my you Gabon. Yeah. But, uh, you know, I think just, just being a little bit more um, perceptive, I suppose, might be the word. Yeah. Um, and I think, again, like we said about the whole slowing down thing, you know, I think it is sometimes it's just good to sit there. And I, I can't remember who it was, but somebody told me once that one of the best things you can do with your flock is to sit down and just watch them. Yeah. Don't do anything. Just sit down and watch them. And, you know, you can learn a lot. And that's so true and that's a little bit like counselling sometimes you know just sit down and just listen and that, you know that can be really powerful so yeah I suppose in that way that has crossed over a bit. I think that uh, what you just said about the stopping and to watch the flock or to stop and actually listen to someone because I think again we've just got to that point where we'll talk at people but yeah. it's a great skill to actually stop and listen to what that person's saying yeah and um to do that with your flock of sheep or your herd of cattle or even just you know a group of people you can learn an awful lot can't you from just sitting and observing waiting yeah. quietly yeah it's and i think also it's quite um you know uh some of the farmers that i meet and you know have a chat with and i'm i'm quite nosy so i'll always ask them <laughs> those questions and you know so what's your farm and what do you do and da, da, da. And, but I think actually sometimes some people really appreciate the fact that you do want to listen to them and hear what they've got to say. And, yeah. you know, farmers are, um, I feel, generally quite underestimated and they tend to be quite a quiet breed and they just go about their business and don't make a big song and dance about it. And I think, you know, sometimes they are kind of overlooked. So, you know, if you take the time to say, oh, well, you know, what are you farming and what are you doing and how are you finding it? I think that can be really nice for them to have that chance to actually have a chat. Oh, no, I would definitely agree with that because I'm also a bit like you, quite nosy. And just sort of the, um, I used to organise events on farms, so I'd have to go meet the farmer and had my list of questions, but I'd always de deviate from, you know, <laughs> who can we get sponsorship money out of and who is your, yeah. um, tell me about your farm and, and uh, yeah, just like, oh, I'd be there for hours, just like listening. And I'm just like, every day's a school day. <laughs> and yeah, just yeah. Uh, really wanting to know about, you know, them and what they're doing and everything. So, and they, you know, again, I think just happy that someone was asking questions and really happy to listen as well. Yeah, yeah. and I think that's what I found about Instagram as well, is it's great if you're nosy. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> insight into other people's farms and what they're doing and you know it's it's great you learn so much oh no you do don't you I'm like always just I'm like very inspired but also very envious I'm like oh 
I'd like to be doing that and seeing everyone lambing at the moment and uh, um, yeah I'm just uh, yeah I think Instagram is fantastic for that I love seeing them all mm, definitely what do you think makes a farmer then I think it is being able to um, kind of have um, I don't know how to describe it I think you've always got to be hopeful mm. and always quite trusting in things I think um, you know again with the weather or the meat prices or your animals i think it's just that ability to kind of think no it will be all right it will be okay even when things are really really shit <laughs> yes. you think no it will be okay and just to trust in that and uh, and you know hopefully it will be but i think and you know being able to pick yourself up and dust yourself off and you know <clears throat> we've had it when i mean obviously it's we're on a very small scale and we both work off the farm but um you know we've had it where you know cloud quite a bit of money in and you think right this is the year and then everything goes wrong yeah you know you're just sitting there thinking why do we bother we just be you know and then five minutes later you think no come on get out there feed the sheep or whatever and get on with it and you know pick yourself up sort of thing yeah no that's yeah I think um I've spoken to other people and they've sort of all said like there is you've got to have that hope um hope in the weather hope in the sheep lambing hope isn't it and um hope that things will get better when they're not and um and uh yeah and and again I think when you mentioned just a few minutes ago about you know farmers being quiet and humble and just getting on with it as well aren't they yeah definitely I mean I think I'm probably, that's where maybe I need to be a bit more like <laughs> traditional farmers because sometimes I do get in a right flap. <laughs> yeah. But I tend to do that when I'm on my own and um, my husband's gone to work and I'm left to lamb like a really difficult year and it's a good job we've got no CCTV. <laughs> and, you know, talk to myself and I talk to the sheep and oh, I'll be cursing. But, I, you know, I get there at the end and then there's just no better feeling really. But... <laughs> No, once yeah. you've yeah conquered that bad lambing or you've managed to yeah make something happen, but yeah, a lot of cursing and talking and yeah. shouting at yourself can happen. But yeah. I'm not so good at the keep calm. It's more like keep it in the shed and carry on. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Don't let the swearing emanate out into the valley. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I do think my children's language is going to be quite interesting after the isolation. <laughs> <laughs> Mummy, you told us not to say that word. <laughs> What goes on the farm stays on the farm. <laughs> yeah, especially when rounding up sheep. <laughs> yes, yeah. What obstacles have you overcome in uh, life then that you um, have helped you now as you're in the farming life? I think, um, I think you know, it's a starting out in farming, um, you know, later than, than most people who were sort of born into it. I think that, it is a bit of an obstacle in itself but to be honest it was i think once you've made that decision and you've gone into it there is so many lovely people out there who are willing to help you and that it's not the biggest obstacle but you know it's not easy because things don't just come naturally you don't just know when you know what time of the year things happen you Mm. you know you have to learn so that's something in itself um but i think Personally, for me, um, after I had my first baby, which was 
uh, a couple of years after we, we first started with the sheep, um, I did suffer with postnatal depression and um, it wasn't hugely serious. I just felt crap for a while, <laughs> to be honest. But um, I think having the animals and, of course, my beautiful baby boy, but because we had the animals and we weren't living on site at that point so i had to get in the car i had to go and feed those pet lambs i had to go and check those ewes and cut you know see the chickens and you know there was just no choice um and it was also the year um that we had like really horrendous snow and i'd it was just you know one of those moments where you just think this is real sink or swim and my husband was working horrendous shifts i had the baby and I'd got rid of my car um so I had to borrow my mum and dad's oh, no. over um <laughs> and they were they were away they were abroad so um I've got the baby in the Land Rover managed to get up to the small holding in the snow drive, drove into the field I think the baby slept and I managed to feed the lambs and I can remember getting home and felt like I'd run a marathon you know it was just <laughs> Um, and, and when I, at the time, I was just like, oh, come on, I've got to get on with it, you know, and I, I probably didn't really enjoy it as much as I should. Whereas when I look back at that now, I think, bloody hell, Helen, you know, you did really well there. <laughs> yes. um, only recently they've kind of given myself credit for that. Um, and, you know, uh, I'm, I know farmers' wives have been doing that for years and, you know that comes naturally to a lot of people but I think it was all thrown in at once and it was quite difficult so uh, yeah I think that was probably one of the biggest obstacles and so now lambing with two older children well I wouldn't say it's a doddle but (laughs) it's a lot easier certainly. You uh, mentioned just now about um, you only now giving yourself the credit to what you Mm. did then with the newborn baby and going out and feeding and then you know, just said that, you know, and farmers' wives have been doing this for years if they've been, you know, are married yeah. to the farmer. It's, it's, you know, your, it's your role to go out and help and what have you. But I wonder how many of those farmers' wives give themselves credit for that and what they're doing as well, raising the family, keeping them fed, and then also going out to do some feeding of the lambs or, you know, bringing the lambs yeah. in. I, I, you know, I think that's, um, that's a role that is hugely under, undervalued as well. I mean, I think... I do think mums in general are undervalued but you know to be raising a family and living on a farm and all that goes on with that um, I'm very lucky that yeah my husband you know he works off the farm as well but um he is around a fair bit uh but you know I've got friends and their husbands are contractors and things and you know they're just sort of tractor widows for quite, you know, quite <laughs> months and um, you know that that's really tough. That, yeah. You know, going um, So yeah, f- huge respect. And my um, my nana, my mum's mum, she was uh, she had five children. And they had a small holding. Um, and when I think about how she did things, you know, and and obviously she didn't have all the mod cons like no. we have to. Um, and you know, I just think, wow, I, I really don't know how she did it. No. <laughs> She obviously kept calm and carried on. <laughs> oh, definitely, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> Did anyone ever tell you that you couldn't do something? I don't think anyone has ever said I couldn't do it. Um, 
I think, like I said before, I met, um, I mentioned, you know, possibly wanting to be a farmer. I can mm. remember in primary school and high school, um, and it wasn't really taken seriously. Um, I wouldn't say anybody said no, but nobody really listened. Um, but I think the worst person for telling me I can't do stuff is actually myself. Mm. And I think uh, probably I'm only getting to the point now um, at my ripe old age of 29 plus a bit um, <laughs> that, I, uh, that I, I actually tell myself now no you can do it you know come on you can do it but I, yeah I think the worst person for telling me I can't do things has actually been myself. So how have you overcome that then how are you overcoming that voice? I think um, it's I, I suppose it's, it's, it's just giving things a go and um you know just it's taken time to build that confidence you know like i said we've been we've had the sheep for 11 years now and um i still you know don't feel confident with things um and to be honest the best thing is when my husband does go to work and leaves me a list of things to do with the sheep and i look at it and think oh how do you expect me to do any of that on my own and, you know but I have to get on with it and um, those are actually the times when I kind of dig deepest and I do get on with it you know. Yeah digging deep is uh, it's an important thing isn't it and uh, and then that um, I want to kind of do rocky hands in the air you know that sort of feeling of elation when you've completed those jobs or that list and yeah dealt with yeah. all the other bits that get thrown at you in between as well. Yeah exactly um, you know uh, uh, this year I am um, we had um, a particularly wild first time lammer. She's like a Beltex cross and just to look at her frightened me, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, typically she started lambing as uh, my husband was at work and I thought, oh, you know. So I tried to get her in a pen and before I'd even got her in the pen, she'd flatten me onto some hurdles. Yeah. And, you know, when it really hurts and you really do want to cry. Yeah. <laughs> We're sitting, you know, halfway to phoning my mum. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway, I did manage to get her in the pen. And then I, I think um, I have actually put a video of it on Instagram. And uh, I did manage to pin her down and I did lamb her. But I think there's a point where I'm just... You could just see I'm just so cross and exhausted. I'm like, just stay there. You don't yeah. want to try that stupid sheep but uh it did go fine actually but uh, it, you know, if you told me a couple of days before even oh you know you'd be lambing here on your phone i would have said oh no i'll have to wait for you know my husband to come home yeah um but i just had to get on with it and then once i'd done it for the rest of the day you know i could just hear chaka khan in my english you know, <laughs> Strutting around yeah. in your waterproof trousers. Absolutely, yes. Yeah. Got this. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's, only, it's a small win, but oh, it, no. you know, it's it's big in terms of building your confidence. You know. I was going to know those wins, like when you've got that awkward you that a you can't catch and you eventually manage to like rugby tackle her to the ground or pin her in that corner and then got to roll her over and she's like kicking and thrashing. I mean, those are the wins. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. Um, helping dad and the farm and like just being like pulling that bit of strength from somewhere to be like right come on and he suddenly managed to grab her 
maybe you're both just exhausted but you get there in the end don't you <laughs> yeah you do and sometimes i really don't know where that strength comes from because some of these sheep are so strong i know and when you they've know. got that head in the air or whatever they're off aren't they and yeah definitely <laughs> but like you said you get there you know you do different things and yeah you know even if it's not sort of the traditional way you still yeah. you still get there in the end yeah you work it out um who um or what inspires you there's a lot of women who inspire me um you know people in my family um the insta ladies that i follow um uh but i also think um one of the main things that inspires me is is nature itself really mm. um and like we've spoken about with the seasons and the weather and you know when you know when you see a lamb being born without assistance yes but <laughs> um, it's 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 just so um awe inspiring really and I, I you know i sort of challenge anyone to not be touched in some way um, and I think it does just inspire me and, and make me think, you know, want to keep going and, and work with it. And yeah, you know, it's it's like if you, you know, we go for a walk down the path here and you see an old dilapidated building. And I love seeing the way nature always mm. claims things back. You know, no matter what yeah. we do, it's always growing and it's always coming back. And uh, yeah, that's quite inspiring for me that, you know, we can't stop it. It's just, it's just there. <laughs> yeah, I would totally agree with what you've just said about certainly about you know seeing buildings or what have you nature will always come back so i have get great comfort from that that it will always yeah. you know it will always thrive you had mentioned that beatrix potter inspired you yeah, about beatrix she, i mean i yeah i was a huge beatrix potter fan as a child anyway and mum and dad we would always go on holiday to the lake district and see where she lived and things um, but I think as I've got older and I've read more about her and her involvement in farming and uh, again, you know, the, na the national parks and things like that. Um, it's, yeah, I just think, wow, you know, and, sh and she was on her own. And, mm. and at that time, you know, women really didn't do things like that. Um, Especially the gentry women, because she was from quite a well-to-do family, wasn't she? Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I think by the sort of, well, not by the end of her life, you know, much before that, but, you know, she really did gain the respect of the farmers around her and the local people. And I think that's just fantastic, you know, like you said, to come from such an, an alien situation like London and, mm. you know, being quite well to and just throwing yourself into the rural way of life, it, that's just fantastic. So, yeah, and, and the fact that she did it on her own as well, you know. Yeah. Did you imagine this life you now have when you were younger? Could you did you imagine where you are now? Um, no, I think um, when I say no, I think I always wanted something like this. Um, even when I was young, you know, I, I, I did dream of of living somewhere, you know, uh, having our own little farm or something. Um, but it wasn't really until a few years ago that we had the um sort of idea and the opportunity well in fact it wasn't that long ago it's probably only about 18 months that oh, okay. we decided to really go for it and um yeah and actually make the decision to come to the small holding and and, and live here and things and um no you know and I, I, i'm i'm 
eternally grateful for help we've had along the way from various people and and different things um and the fact you know i'm here with my husband and my two children and a dog and a cat you know it's <laughs> it's as much as it gets stressful and sometimes i think oh what are we doing it is pretty idyllic and we are very lucky yeah and uh it is you know it again as i keep saying it does sound cringy but really we have got everything we, we could ever want really that's uh that, that's lovely to hear and actually for you to actually admit that as well because so many people are oh well you know oh well yes this could be better but to say actually we have everything we want that's yeah. a really powerful I thing mean, to say I, there's always something else isn't there you know we're all only human and there's always you know something more grass or more sheep or mm. some cows <laughs> but really we have got you know we have got everything we want and yeah it's it's pretty lovely really yeah so I've just got a few, uh, like a few quick questions. Uh, what, yeah. are you, what, are, what are you reading at the moment? Oh, at the moment, I am reading a book that um, uh, Claire, I pinched the idea from Claire Steed, actually. Ah, and it's um, called Red Sky at Night, I think. Yeah. Uh, and it's, so it's about all the kind of, um, a country folklore and Ooh. well things like you know red sky at night and shepherd's delight and things like that and yeah it's really interesting actually there's there's quite a lot in there that i did already know but there's certainly a lot i didn't yeah and uh, yeah so i'm reading that at the moment so that's a good one What's your favorite cake that you make for the family oh probably banana and cinnamon oh. i think nice because i notice you do a lot of baking don't you on your uh yeah, I, I give it a go. <laughs> the banana and cinnamon is usually because we've got some bananas going off that no one wants, and <laughs> cinnamon about the only thing I can identify in the spices. <laughs> and uh, what's in your jacket pocket when you go out on the uh, on the small holding? What oh, would... always string. Don't ever <laughs> go anywhere without some string. And <laughs> um, usually. Um, probably quite an inappropriately large flick knife that my dad gave to me which <laughs> <laughs> sure I should be walking around with but it's very handy oh fantastic I am um, when I used to teach I would always be like has anyone got a pen knife has anyone got a like of the students would I'd be like that's not a knife this is a knife and they'd be like what what was that about? Yeah. I hope you get my reference because uh if not I've just yeah, left yeah. myself hanging all the way oh yeah so I'm thinking, you and your flick knife, you've certainly got the knife. <laughs> um, yeah, so I think, um, what else? I don't know. That's probably, probably about it, really. Well, well I think those are the two probably... essentials, aren't they? String and a knife? I think so. I think you can fix the world with string and a knife. I know, you honest. could <laughs> certainly join the A-team with those two things in your pocket. And you'd sort yeah. of come out of the shed with a tank or something. <laughs> <laughs> Well, thank you so much for um, talking with me today. I really enjoyed our, our chat. And um, yeah, I am. Uh, oh, it's been lovely. Thank you very much for your time. It's been really nice. Yeah. Um, and uh, I shall say goodbye. So thank you very much. Nope, thank you. Take care. Bye. Bye.